0: Uh, the passage we had read this morning is really a passage all about identity. Who tells us who we are in life? Who tells us uh, what we can be in life? Who tells us what our future can be? I think if we want to have a hope and a future, we need to know our identity. And Luke paints a wonderful portrait this morning in these two stories. One of true repentance and one of pride and these two stories coming in and and meeting together and in the midst of their meeting is Jesus Christ and and in that meeting Jesus redefines the identity of both people in the story. Let me just set the scene for you. This is how this situation occurs Jesus has been invited to Simon's house. Simon is a Pharisee his, his intention in inviting Jesus is probably not all warm and cuddly. He's trying to catch Jesus out. He's part of that group of, of uh, religious leaders that are trying to protect their territory. And um, uh, he's invited Jesus tr- so that he can corner him, perhaps find things against him and disgrace him. Publicly and stop so many other people choosing to follow this man, which is uh, causing so many problems with them. Simon may have been chosen because he was perhaps good at arguing for the Pharisees. Maybe he was one of the more outspoken people. And uh, while he's eating there, it says that a certain immoral woman uh, from that city heard that Jesus was eating with Simon. So this isn't a quiet, cosy dinner party. Everybody knows about it. The, the, the These are the Pharisees, the religious leaders in the community, they know it's going on. The, the, the outcasts and those that Jesus has been mixing with, they know it's going on. So it's quite a public uh, meeting. And uh, all these people knew because it's probably seen as a sort of a clash of the Titans. Uh, this leading Pharisee having a a uh, 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 robust and difficult conversation with Jesus try- Christ trying to catch him out. So this conversation is going to be crucial to Jesus' ministry. And in it we see a different perspective, one from the uh, point of view of the Pharisees, the religious community, and the other from the point of view of Jesus, the point of view of grace. And this prostitute enters the home and uh, head straight for Jesus. And at this moment, I should think Simon thinks, great, everything is going exactly as I'd hoped it would. Everything's going according to plan. This immoral woman has come in, and uh, I'm now able to catch Jesus out. And, um, uh, of course, all of that happens because Simon the Pharisee thinks he knows the identity of this woman. Uh, the, narr- the unwritten narrative, the thing underneath all of this is is all about identity. And Simon sees this woman coming in and he thinks, I know who she is, I can use her as a weapon against Christ. If Jesus knew who she was, he would not be allowing this woman to touch him, to make him unclean, to associate with him. And if Jesus doesn't know who she is, then he's not who he says he is. He claims to have the identity of the Messiah. He claims to be a prophet. He claims to be someone significantly important in the life of God. But if he doesn't know this, then I can find a way of undoing him. But of course, Jesus reveals his identity. He knows exactly who this woman is. He knows what sort of woman she's been. The wonderful thing about Jesus' ministry was that he spent time with people on the margins. He spent time with the outcasts, the social rejects, the prostitutes, the broken, the hurting, the lame. He spent time with these people. And so he's able to reveal his identity because he knows who this woman is. The Pharisees, um, the the identity of a woman is, is also an issue. The Pharisee is sure she's a sinner she's someone who's not worth associating with she's someone who's unholy and unworthy jesus sees her in a different light he says no she's someone who is forgiven and worthy of being counted and called a child of god the pharisees identity in this passage comes into question is he as pure and right before god as he thinks he is. He thinks that God knows him and and knows his righteousness. But Jesus reveals another side. Jesus questions him as to what he thinks about himself. And in this parable, the sinning woman, it seems, is better off than this Pharisee, this religious teacher. And, 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 And it's really important that we know our identity who we are in God, what we feel about ourselves, so that we don't allow others to put stuff on us that isn't necessarily true. We were thinking last week about being a church that was generous and gracious. And you know, we won't be generous and gracious if we are forever trying to um, shore up our own identity in the eyes of others. But if we know our identity, if we are sure of who we are before God, then we can live lives of generosity and grace to others. You know, each of you in this room, including me, each of you is dearly and wholly loved by God. He sees you as his child. He loves you with a love that you cannot comprehend. He loves you beyond love, beyond anything that we know. You are a child of God. That's your true identity. Whatever anybody else says about you, you are a child of God. And he knows you and he loves you and he's committed to you and he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He sees you as precious in his sight. And and here in this story, what we find is very interesting is that um, Jesus accepts the invitation to, to Simon's house. Because although Simon is trying to catch him out and and wants to undo his ministry, Jesus sees Simon as someone who is loved and precious. Just he seems to have a bit of a brick wall up. And so he spends his time fighting Jesus, but Jesus goes with open arms because he realises that Simon needs saving too. And into that midst comes this woman who Jesus has had uh, conversations with before. The portrait of two sinners, two different people, for different reasons, are lost. But Jesus' ministry is to seek and to save the lost. The the, the theme of our our, our, little series we've been doing at the moment is all are invited. All are invited. We want to invite our friends and our neighbours and our families. All are invited. Part of what we were doing yesterday by going out and doing the noise is saying to people in the community, God loves you. We may have been saying it by painting a wall or painting a ceiling or fixing a window or clearing a garden or moving furniture or whatever it might be. But we're saying in some way, you are precious and holy. You are loved by God. And we as a family would love to extend an invitation to you in that love as well. And so Simon is uh, in this, uh, uh, having Jesus at his home. and. Uh, At this moment, this woman comes in. And I should think Simon is gloating. I've got it now. You're a holy man, a great teacher. You should not be associating with this woman. And of course, uh, Jesus knows exactly who this woman is. Jesus has been out on the streets before. He's been out in the community. He's been reaching out to people like this woman. He's come across her before. And when he came across her, Jesus met with this woman and her whole life was turned upside down. Why? Because she met a man who didn't use her or abuse her or judge her or condemn her. She she met a man who loved her, who saw her for who she truly was, someone precious and dearly loved by God, someone worthy of taking note of, someone worthy of lifting up, out of where she was. And uh, she, in response to this man who stretched out a hand to love her, she who offered her hope and help and restoration, she says, I'll follow what you've got. I choose what you're offering because all my life I've been abused and hurt and used and you come with something very different that says, you're not judging me, you're not using me, you're not abusing me, you're helping me. You're giving me hope. You give me eyes to see a future. You see, Jesus knew this woman. He'd met her before. She was not the person Simon judged her to be. I think that Jesus revealed something to Simon at that point about his judgmental heart, about the pride he had over others. The woman surprises the whole party as well. Because she takes this flask of perfume which probably, we don't know, maybe the day before, maybe the week before, maybe the month before, maybe the year before had been used to ply her trade, had been used as a thing to put on herself to make her more attractive and desirable. But now she shows her repentance by pouring this over Jesus' feet. That that I used to make myself more attractive to others before. I pour over you You are the one I want to follow. You're the one I find attractive. You're the one that I give my heart to. It's your life that I look to because you've given me hope and a different perspective uh, on life. And she lavishes it upon Christ as a token of that changed life. So Simon saw this woman as a sinner. Jesus saw her as forgiven. Simon saw himself as righteous. Jesus saw him as being judgmental. The story then goes on, and Jesus tells the story of of the person who, people who had debts. uh, A man owed money money to two people. One, he had 500 pieces of silver, and the other, 50 pieces. For, For one, they owed two years' worth of salary. And there was no way, no possible way of them repaying that back. The other, they owed 50 pieces of silver. There may have been a possibility of them trying to pay it back, but it was still a large debt. And he says to Simon, which one would love the most? And Simon says, well, the one who's been forgiven the most. And Jesus in this story, I say, yes. And the woman, he's illustrating to Simon, he's saying, this woman, she's been forgiven lots, but she loved lot, love, loves lots. She's got a debt she can't repay, but it's been cancelled out. She's got a new identity. She's seen now not as a sinner, now not as someone who holds this great debt. She's seen as someone who's precious in the sight of God. The second debt is only 50 pieces of silver. Perhaps that person thinks, I'm not so much in debt, I can probably cope with this. And I think maybe this is a picture of how Jesus enters in that Simon's able to see himself in the story. Oh, my sin's not as bad. Uh, You know, I'm okay, I can cope with them. Jesus says, you too have a debt. You might not think it is as much as the woman's, but you too have a debt. Such is the way that Jesus deals with people with grace. He doesn't come out and judge Simon for his judgmentalism. He comes out and says, just suppose someone has a small debt, Simon. Someone realizes their life is not perfect. Even that debt... Can be cancelled, and I think Jesus is stretching out an invitation to Simon in a way that he's able to receive it. The woman knows that her life has been lost, but the small amount that Simon realizes realizes he knows, I think maybe Jesus is saying, Just receive this, Simon. There is an opportunity for you, too, to have your debt cancelled. He, too, was a sinner in need of forgiveness, he, too needed the cancellation of his debt, but maybe his heart was still very hard. Maybe religion was his roadblock that stopped grace coming through. But Jesus says to Simon, as he's already said to the woman, you're invited. I invite you. I invite you into the story of God. I invite you to find your true identity. I invite you not to be judged and put down and and put upon by others. I invite you to find who God really calls you. You, precious and worthy of being called a child of God. And He says to us, We're invited too. You're invited, like I'm invited. Your brothers are invited. Your sisters are invited. Your parents and your children, your neighbours and your friends were all invited. We're invited into the kingdom of God and Jesus will deal with us with grace as gently as we need dealing with. I think despite the vast amount of debt that this woman obviously had, according to this story, Jesus still dealt with her with grace. He says, look, I can take you in. And he comes to Simon and he says, well, you might think it's very little, but I can still deal with that. Come in, and and as we come in, we realize how big our debt truly was in the first place. The Apostle John writes this in 1 John 4. He says, God so showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love, not that we love God, but He loves us, and He sent His Son into the world as a sacrifice to take away our sins. In some way in life, you are like Simon, or you're like the woman. In some way in life, I'm like Simon, or I'm like the woman. We all have a debt that needs paying. Our lives have gone wrong, and we need God's help to put it right, to have our right identity in God. If you want my honest answer, I think I'm more like the woman. Obviously not a woman-woman, but I'm more, you know, my debt has been great. And the longer I go on, the bigger I realise my debt was. And I am forever grateful that my Saviour said to me one day, you can be counted worthy to be called a child of God, and I count you amongst my family. And you know... It's good news for everybody. The gospel is good news for everybody. It's not judgmental. It doesn't put people down. It offers new hope, new beginnings, a different way. It offers a right identity in life. You know, God is good for us. Religion isn't good. Christianity isn't good. Jesus is good. Religion brings war and causes problems. Even Christianity causes problems. But Jesus doesn't. He offers solutions. He offers hope and new beginnings. He offers new opportunities. He offers new life. That's why we follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And I want to say to you this morning, you're invited. You're invited as I'm invited. Maybe today's the day when you want to say to Jesus, would you come? And like he came into Simon's home, like he went to meet with a woman, if you say to him, would you come? He will come into your life. Like he came into my life. And when he comes, he doesn't leave. He says, I've come and I'm setting up home. I'll be forever resident in your heart. I will change you from the inside out. Our lives can be changed if we accept him as Lord and Saviour. I don't know, maybe today's the day for you for that if you have never done that. But I, I, Chris and I and, and Karen Young, we're, we're heading up the Alpha course this term. And we would love everybody who's not done Alpha before to come and join us on the Alpha course. We'd love you to invite your friends and neighbours and, and family. We'd love you to invite them. We'll, we'll deal with everybody on the course as, as we see Jesus dealing with people in Scripture. There's no judgment or condemnation or putting people down. There's grace upon grace upon grace. And, and we think that when grace is shared, truth comes out, new identity is found, new hope is found, our lives get blessed and changed. And we'd love to invite you to do the Alpha Course. So Chris is going to be giving out invitations as you go out today and maybe that's for you to fill in, maybe that's for you to give to somebody else and say, why don't you come with me on that Alpha Course and discover a God who loves us and wants the best for us. But I also want to say this morning that if you're here and you've yet to issue that invitation, that Jesus is longing to RSVP to, he's longing to say yes If you've yet to issue that invitation, today might be a great day to say, Jesus, would you come to my home and live in my heart and change me from the inside out? Can we stand together?